It's a look at a mother's heart and all of the things that go on in it. This is The Call with Nancy Cebedo with my guest, Carol McLeod, author, speaker, and podcast host of Significant Women. So what's great about your book here is that you talk about ways a mother can carry out traditions and spend time planning traditions in a family. And, and that can shape a child's personal identity. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I'm married to a pastor, Nancy, and we had five kids. So we were not the family who could take the kids to Disney World or buy designer sneakers or, or throw $1,000 birthday parties. And so I thought, well, what can I do? And so I came up with all these sweet traditions that defined who we are as a family. Now, a tradition is its sort of like the team uniform. It, it says we belong together. This is what we do as a family. And I think that traditions really build a stability in a child's life. So one of the things that we did, Nancy, is um, our two oldest sons, Matthew and Christopher, their birthdays are two days apart um, in January. So right after Christmas, I had to gear up for these two birthdays of little boys. And honestly, I had nothing. I had no money, couldn't buy presents. I could barely bake them a cake. And so what I did was I made birthday signs. Chris is two, Matt is four. I love Chris, Matt is great. And then, you know, signs like Mr. Rogers and Care Bears, just all the things they loved, plastered the signs all over our house, Nancy. And we did that every single year with every single kid at every single celebration. And do you know that now all of my children do that for their children? They put up signs. We used to hold hands around the dinner table, a family tradition. On Thanksgiving day, we used to sing Christmas carols at the piano, a family tradition. And Nancy, you'll notice all of the things I'm sharing cost zero bucks but they take a little bit of planning. One of our fun family traditions, Nancy, is on April Fool's Day, the kids would come downstairs and they would get hot dogs and chicken fingers and french fries for breakfast. I kid you not. Yes. And then for supper, we'd have waffles and scrambled eggs. On um, St. Patrick's Day, green mashed potatoes. Again, none of these traditions cost any money, but they say, hey world, we're a family, we belong together, we know how to have fun. Yes, and so many ideas in your book. That's the great part of this book. I love it. Moms need to read stuff like this because, you know, again, you know, maybe they just don't have the funds. Maybe they just need something like a guide to help them. What is a tradition? How do I start it? What can, and your book is, is bringing them right there. So um, the question to you is, is that, you know, moms need rest. Moms need rest and they need time for themselves. And in your book, you talk about a prayer closet. So what exactly is a prayer closet for those who don't know? Yeah, so a prayer closet is just a place where you go to pray. You know, it, it could be in your bathroom with your door closed. You know, it, it could be at night in your bedroom. It could be while you're doing the dish dishes every day. I love the story of Joanna Wesley who had you know, 18 children, and her prayer closet was throwing her apron over her head. Just that moment where it's you and Jesus, where you cry out to the Lord and you say, God, I need help to be a mom. Um, so actually, um, 
a prayer closet begins the first day you find out you're pregnant and you begin praying for the little life that's growing inside of you. And even though your kids grow up and leave you and the nerve of those children, they will do that. They will grow up and leave you. Um, you pray on as a mom. So a prayer closet is not so much a place as it is a space and a time that you as a mom set aside for prayer. Now, if you're the moms of, of toddlers, of, of busy elementary kids, pray in the car, pray in the shower, pray while you're unloading your dishes. And as your kids grow, the prayer closet will look different because you'll have more time. But I just want to say to the moms who are listening today, Nancy, don't ever say, I don't have time to pray. Sister, you don't have time not to pray. Be creative. Um, do it all kinds of places. If you have time to check Facebook, you have time to pray. If you have time to play a game on your phone, you have time to pray. And you will never know the battles you have won in the prayer closet of your heart. That is great advice. Great advice. Now, kids will be going back to school, and um, the moms really do need to pray even harder now. The week before New Year's every year, my husband and I would hunker down in scripture the week before, between Christmas and New Year, and get a scripture for each one of our children for the coming year. Um, for instance, one year, a Matthew senior year in high school, the Lord gave us a scripture from Isaiah that says, a noble man makes noble plans, and by noble plans, he stands. And so all year long, we prayed that scripture over Matthew's life. Mm -hmm. So what I would say to the moms is take the time, open your Bible, and ask God to give you a scripture to pray over your child every single year. And then at the end of the year, in, on Christmas morning, we, we would take that scripture and, and somehow make it special, whether we ordered a, a plaque or just put it on a three by five card and decorate it and put a little frame. And we put it in their stocking with the year on it. So they would know what scripture mom and dad had prayed over them that entire year. I just want to ask you, what advice would you give uh, to a mother who is weary and she might be impatient or sad or angry. Do you have any advice for that? Yeah. First of all, let's face it. That's every mom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all get angry and weary and frustrated and impatient. You know, Nancy, I always say I never knew I had a problem with anger until I had a two-year-old. And then I realized, Carol, you are an angry woman. And I had to let the Lord deal with that in my life. But to those moms who are just weary, you love your kids, but you just don't know if you can make it another day. Let me just give you a couple words of wisdom from an older mom's heart. Listen, be easy on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, I, I watch these young moms with, with sleep training and schedules and, and, and the right food and, and the right plate. No, no, no. Take a deep breath and enjoy your baby. Don't be so hard on yourself. Go for a walk in the park. Um, order pizza. It's okay. Don't feel like you've got to be the perfect mom to be a wonderful mom. Perfect and wonderful are two different things. Our goal is not perfect. Our goal is wonderful. So be easy on yourself. Um, the second thing I'd, I'd want to tell mom is it's okay to take a break. You know, what I used to do, five kids, a homeschool mom, my husband was a pastor. I would trade children with one of my friends one day a month. 
so that I would know that from like nine to three, one day, I, I had a day and I could um, treat myself to lunch. I could go for a walk. I could go back to bed if I wanted to, but I would say, find a sister in the Lord and, and just trade kids once a month, once every six weeks to give yourself a break. And then number three, I would tell you this. Listen, let me tell you what a good day of motherhood. A good day of motherhood is if you've laughed with your children and if you've said, I love you. That, that's like the best day ever. You, you, you don't have to um, go to Target and make sure they all behave and that their hair is all parted and that they've all brushed their teeth to perfection. No. A great day of motherhood is if you've looked at their little faces and said, hey, did you know I'm crazy about you? Did you know I love you? And if you've laughed together, if you've giggled together. So go easy on yourself, take some time off, and reframe what a great day looks like, because a great day is easier than you think. Book, so many great things in this book. Um, of course, you know, before we get to my last question, I'm just gonna tell everybody, in the back, she puts her favorite recipes. So, and they look really, the rice pudding, okay. If you <laughs> like rice pudding, it's, one, it's wonderful. Um, and so my last question to you is, is what would be your favorite story in this book? Yeah, so I'm gonna be vulnerable, Nancy. I'll probably cry a little bit. Um, but it was the winter of 1983. We lived in Buffalo, New York. Look it up, Google it. One of the worst winters in Buffalo on record, if you can imagine that. I had a lively two-year-old and a newborn baby who was colicky up all night. It was a good day if I got dressed by four o'clock. We only had one car. My husband was a pastor, so I never went anywhere. I was just home in this cold little house. And it was in February of 1983. Christopher was three weeks old. He never stopped crying. I was in the kitchen fixing breakfast for Matt, and he was being so sweet. And I was giving him, you know, applesauce and um, fixing him something else. And um, I could hear Christopher just screaming in the other room and I hadn't brushed my teeth, hadn't washed my hair in days. I was trying to give Matt a good breakfast and Matt was singing a song and swinging his little legs. And as he did his hand hit the gallon of milk that was supposed to last two weeks, we had no money. And it went all over the table and all over the floor that hadn't been washed in over a month. But Nancy, I lost it. I exploded. And, and in that moment, I, I couldn't believe the words I had spoken to my two-year-old son. And so there we sat in, in a puddle of milk, Matthew crying because I'd hurt his feelings, Christopher crying in my arms because he was colicky. And I heard the Lord speak to me, Nancy. And the Lord said, Carol, you're a mom. You're gonna be a mom for the rest of your life. You don't get to decide your what. I decided your what. You're a mom, but you get to decide your who. You, you get to decide what kind of mom you want to be. Carol, you get to choose your adjective. So in that moment, Nancy, I decided that I was gonna be the kindest mom in all of recorded history and that I was gonna be a joyful mom. 
And so that day I scooped up my little boys and we took a package of graham crackers and apple juice and, and went into the living room and I turned on Mr. Rogers and I nursed Christopher and I prayed that the Lord would give me the power to be a kind mom and a joyful mom. And Nancy, it really helped because the rest of my life, whether I was dealing with an emotion-driven teenager or um, a, a, a terrific two-year-old, I, I could say to myself, now, Carol, you've decided you're going to be a kind mom and a joyful mom. And that gave me my framework for the rest of my life. Rooms of a Mother's Heart is available on her website, carolmcleod.com, or wherever books are sold. If you like this video and want to see more like this, jump on over to our YouTube channel or listen on podcasts with Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. And may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.